Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things Vice. I'm Jesse Maiko. This holiday season, we're going into the archives to bring you one of our favorite Vice interviews. In this episode, Vice correspondent Gianna Taboni had the chance to hang out with actress, writer, and producer Rashida Jones to talk about her shift behind the camera and the documentary she recently produced on Miami's amateur porn industry called Hot Girls Wanted. I've never had really a problem with porn. I don't know that I've really cared either way too much about it. People involved in it, people who watch it, etc. Um, but first, kind of before we get into the film, like, what are your thoughts on porn and the porn industry? I have no problem with porn. Like, I, also, it doesn't even matter if I have a, any kind of problem with porn because it's here to stay. Yeah. But I personally have no problem with porn as adult entertainment. I think it's great that we have the freedom to explore our sexual fantasies and that there's, like, tools to do that. The problem with me is that there's no regulation in the industry. The average age now where somebody watches their first porn is 11. And that would be fine, except that, like, to say porn is such a broad term. Like, porn can be anything from, like, something really, like, softcore and, like, mellow to, like, hardcore, violent torture porn, you know, which, so, like, for somebody to learn about sex from porn, I think is really dangerous. And I think that happens a lot. You covered amateur porn, so tell us a little bit about what that is. So amateur porn, it sounds like it's it's not real porn, but it is. It's just basically like another genre. It's incredibly popular because it feels more realistic, but the truth is it's not. It's still cast and it's lit and there's scripts or whatever, but, but the idea is that it's like young girls like at home, you know, and their dad's, you know, away for the weekend and like somebody comes by and it's like, what are you doing here? And it's sort of catching like young innocent girls off guard. Everything is the same shoot. Like, it's always your first time. How can I help you? I locked everything in my car. I, mean, I don't know if you have a phone or yeah, something. Yeah, no, I mean, I work right over here. And you're just like, well, I'm dumb as hell, and I need $500, and I'm just going to get this random dude that I would never have sex with in real life. That last part, I hated. I was terrified. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I could tell him no. just can't be good for you to have sex that much with that many different people. Ugh. So weird, but that's my job. Generally, if you're 18 and you go to Miami, you're done in a year because there's not enough amateur jobs for you. And, you know, you can get some other jobs, but like the niche stuff pays more and the niche stuff is harder on your body. You know, they can make $800, $1,000 a shoot, but they still have to pay for hair and nails and makeup and travel and clothes. And plus, they're trying to live in a kind of like lavish way. So, it ends up not 
being cost effective, you know, it's not worth it. So then you have to start making like further negotiations with yourself. Like, will I do torture porn? Will I do fetish porn? Will I do sites like facial abuse where you're doing like forced blowjobs and, you know, vomiting and like things that you just never expected to do, like the less pretty version of porn. Can you tell us what facial abuse is? Facial abuse is a really popular site and it's just lots of movies of girls kind of showing up to like almost like a casting and the guy um, starts to kind of ask her questions and then it devolves into him just abusing her verbally and physically and making her choke and forcing blowjobs and coming in her face and making her vomit into dog bowls like it's pretty graphic and then and sucking the vomit up and then sucking and then eating it's like the vomit right when you think it couldn't get any worse it gets worse yeah and you know listen there's an argument that some some of the women who do it and some of the women talk about in the film and some people outside of porn, inside of porn have, which is if you're making money, you're empowered. So it's your choice, it's entertainment, it's for entertainment, and, and therefore, you know, argument over. I tend to think it's slightly more nuanced than that, and it's really difficult to believe that the girls who are crying when they're being, you know, raped on camera are always, you know, acting and performing. I also find it hard to believe that everybody who watches that knows that it's fake and that it's just for entertainment and, and don't internalize it in another way. But why are young girls getting into this? Porn is not a taboo, you know, marginal, subversive thing anymore. It's like front and center. And part of the reason I got involved with this documentary is I've been vocal about this, like, conflation of pop culture and porn that's happening right now. And it's happening everywhere in music and film. And that message, that really homogenized, myopic message that your sex is the thing that makes you valuable, that is your currency, that limits women's choices. And you think that's coming from pop culture? I do. And I think it's not like, it's nobody's fault. It's a Frankenstein of culturally what we want. It's also, to me, like, what was going to happen, the trajectory from, you know, the women's movement and like, you know, sexual liberation movement, it was gonna happen. Like we were gonna get to a place where anything goes. But the problem is the eyes that are on these girls, the people who buy tickets to their concert are nine. Mm -hmm. You know, like nine-year-old girls. So whether or not you say you're a role model, whether or not you say it's not your responsibility, unfortunately that's who gives you money are like young, young, young people. And I just think it's worth stopping and asking the question is there something else that we can do? Like, is there another way to go? But don't you think, like, Miley and uh, Rihanna and Nicki Minaj choose to do that? Like, I don't think it's, maybe I'm wrong, some male manager who's saying, you better do this, dress this way, dance this way. Don't you think that's sort of them that's their art, that right? Like, that's yeah. their performance. And yeah. kind of, shouldn't they be able to do that? Totally. I, I think they should absolutely be able to do that. And I actually think for all three of them, it's probably just very much who they are. Yeah. That's the way they're expressing who they are. I think the problem is that because they're so cool, because they're so talented, because their music is so good, it's it makes everybody else in the industry want to do what they're doing. And it makes all of the other record executives want to have their version of that thing. So you know, you could chalk it up to like a trend, but it does feel like you have to be sexy to be noticed. I don't know, I don't know what the answer is. And I also like to call out people by name, I feel slightly strange about because I do think they're, they're they are so sex positive and empowering, you know, Nicki Minaj in terms of like allowing other girls with different, you know, body types that weren't acceptable 20 years ago 
they, they now have somebody to look up to that make them feel good about themselves. I work sometimes with this organization in San Francisco called About Face, and their, their whole thing is about really making sure we distinguish between sexuality and sexualization. What's the difference between sexuality and sexualization? The sexuality is kind of everything involving what makes you feel good, what gets you off, um, who you're attracted to, the little specific things are important to you to get you off, um, and then how you kind of in turn present that in the world. Sexualization is really when you're the object. It's only when somebody looks at you and tells you how they want you to be sexy, what they see about you, it's performative. So I think we've, we've lost track of the difference. This big psychological study just came out about young girls and sex and media and like self-esteem and we really don't have room in our brains for everything at a certain age when we're like eight, nine, ten developing. It's like either math homework or you care about what a, what a boy thinks about you. It's murky in the area of like sex positive, female empowerment, sex for money area. Um, doesn't necessarily make you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me in this film is it's not that porn sucks, it's not that people shouldn't do porn, it's that young girls should know what they're getting into when they decide to do amateur porn. Yeah. Is that, what other takeaways would you have? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a bit of a cautionary tale in that way. Porn does not suck. I mean, porn to me is embodiment of, of like the, the peak of capitalism in so many ways. Um, the commodification of sex. There's a lot about it that, that says a lot about our culture that's good and bad. Have we reversed the path that we were on for women's rights? I do not think that, we, that we've gone backwards. It's tricky because I think what's happening is women are now embodying this classic idea of um, like the powerful, successful, capitalistic man, which is like, I make money and it doesn't matter how I make money, I'm making my money. Like that's sort of like the new brand of like sex. And I think there's a lot of value in that, but I also think it's dangerous because we're ignoring what, whatever other costs there may be, you know? Why does it have to be our currency? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't have to be our currency. We should just, it's just limiting. I just find it really limiting. But I don't think we've gone backwards, and in fact, I think the, the fact that we're having the discussion probably means we're gonna continue to move forward. Well put. Try to be balanced. <laughs> I get in so much trouble all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did a good job saying, we're not prude. We're not, <laughs> not prude. I, I, I literally was called a Sunday school teacher, and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm sure the trolls are going to come out after this interview. Oh, God. Yeah, for sure. This whole run, yeah, for sure. Read more about Rashida Jones's work on vice.com. Thanks for listening. And tune in again tomorrow for another Vice Guide to Right Now. <laughs>